Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income, the podcast where us storage nerds get to just think and talk about storage. And that is my favorite thing to do. And so, you know what? I'm super excited to be here on with you guys. Uh, we talked about our last podcast. Um, we did more of a, a, a macro setting and, and executing within the frameworks of the economy. Um, the episode before that, though, we mentioned, and we've got to mention it again, you guys can go to selfstorageincome.com forward slash events because we are hosting a live event. This event will be in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at a resort. We have limited amount of seatings available. We already have speakers scheduled. This is going to be awesome, you guys. It's this fall. Um, we, we've actually carved out the membership. So it's not even, it's like 250 people we're allowing to go. But for the general, we don't even have 250 seats to give out. I think we've only got... Jeez, it's only like 120, and the rest have already been allocated and designated, and we're not even starting out. So if you want to get in, we do have our pre-registration pricing. You guys got to go to the site, sign up now um, to get in. It has all the details, everything, uh, but get there quick. Once again, we're not allowing, this isn't meant to be a huge event. This is an in-person, personal event, large, small operators, new guys just getting in. We have speakers that are coming in to talk to us, including uh, from everyone from the largest self-storage uh, private owner in the world um, to more. There, It's, it's going to be an awesome show. So anyways, go there, check it out, and hurry. And uh, we got the link in the show notes as well for you guys, uh, selfstorageincome.com forward slash events. Uh, just click on that link, go over there, get signed up. Again, limited seating, and it's going to be epic. Again, it's not going to be like this huge, massive convention style type thing. No. Very exclusive, very high-end, very informative uh, with only the best people there to speak. And fun and with the floating green out oh, on the lake. Dude, I'm sure. It's going to be yeah. so We're sweet. excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dinners, the activities, the different things we got scheduled, it's going to be epic. So go check it out for sure. Uh, with that, let's jump into today's episode, man. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. It's going to so, be a good one. This, this is this is a great topic that we th – this is one of the most important topics, I think, for any entrepreneur, any investor, anybody that's in the game. And that is understanding how the industry 
and the method and investing style that, that you're choosing is being affected by what's changing in the industry. So when you have your investing strategy, when you have the way that you're going about, you in, uh, you're trying to work on becoming better, enter an asset class, how you extract value, how you do customer service, how the market perceives you, how you enter into it, options, all of these things. That industry and that market's always changing, always what customers are looking for, how they perceive products, goods, services are always changing. In order to capitalize on it, you always have to remember it's not about you. It's about your customers, right? Entrepreneurship is not about you. Nobody cares. It's how you can better serve customers. And in all industries that we can look at that have just been taken over, revamped, destroyed, everything, the people that were in it, first of all, that got destroyed, you always notice they, there's this egotistical nature, like, oh, things can't change. I'm okay. I see it in the future, right? They fail to understand what their customers' real desires are and what they really want out of the assets. I don't ever want to be a taxi company, right? I don't ever want to be those things. So we're always looking at innovations and changes that are happening in the industry that we need to be aware of. It's one of the reasons that we invested millions into Tenant Inc. Um, and why their software system is so important to us and have that open API system that we can back into Ubers, that we can do all sorts of stuff. So if the way that people utilize storage changes, we have dynamic software that can change with it because it's already happening, right? Mm -hmm. So, and two, I need to preface this also, this episode is not meant to by any means scare anybody or any, you know, oh, come every, on. like everything's changing. I don't know how it's all going to change. I don't know what customers are. This is us talking about what we're seeing in the market, what we're hearing, how you might take advantage of it. And storage, right, is boring. And so a lot of people that becomes, I believe, a crutch. Um, that becomes a massive handicap to them. When we got started in storage, we looked around and we're like, these people own these huge assets. They're generating all this revenue and they're not even operating it right, which blew us away. <laughs> they didn't it even was see like, the real like They didn't even potential see the potential. They, it was just, and so we That's went in. so crazy. We'd buy them and we'd turn them around with very basic things that had been changing, but they refused to. When I say change, you got to understand we were buying it from people that didn't think websites were important, that didn't think an online presence was even a thing. And this wasn't in the 90s or 80s, people. So, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? No, um, we still see it today. We still see it today. Yeah. It's crazy. No, it's insane. Where they believe that marketing, and they just missed the boats on some trends. And you saw what happened with the REITs and how they blow up. And you're seeing what's happening in the consolidation of this market and the people that are taking advantage of catering to the customer first. Um, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference on your PL, your future, your competitive advantage, because competition is coming. Um, it's coming. How are you finding deals? How are you sourcing deals? How do you get investors to invest with you, right? Are you being cutting edge? It, it, this podcast is a perfect perfect example of this. I Is there any? Because I never actually used to like social media until I was just pounding in my head that I needed to do more of that. I need to do better, right? And I did not see any value. In it whatsoever. None. In fact, it was the opposite for me. This is a net negative, right? Mm -hmm. 
Now, as far as consumption goes, it kind of is. So I still believe that. But as far as getting your word out, getting people to know you, your method, your investing style, structure, and become comfortable with you that they may want to invest with you, right? This is actually a fabulous tool, social media. The podcast, when we got started on that, I did a podcast. The first podcast I ever did um, was Bigger Pockets. And the only reason I did it was because Brandon Turner asked me to come on. And the power of it afterwards was just tremendous. Um, and when I wanted to get my voice out there, when I was passionate about the industry, I want to change, I needed to adapt. I needed to do things that I wasn't comfortable with. Trust me, after that first podcast, like I was kind of sweating because I'm like, who's going to listen to this? How does this even work? Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a little nerve wracking for me now, obviously not so much. We do this all the time, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it was understanding the effort that I need to put in the reward, how it gets. So even when you're looking at how the storage industry is changing, what's more important is how the operators are changing and how the customers are changing. So what the customers are doing, what they want and how operators are moving in that. So you have the business of storage, right? And then you have the customer side, the business of storage is how do you finance? How do you build? How do you get investors? How do you do all of these things, right? This is behind your business that you can succeed, that you can be the best business possible. Then you have the front end, which is the consumers. This is the the crux of it. This is what makes you even have a business period. What do they want? How do you serve them? How do you find them? How do you deliver value, customer service, all of that? So obviously that comes first, the customer. And then however you run your business in the back end decides how successful you will be and how, how far forward you can carry value and you can, you can scale and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, understanding the future is like reading tea leaves that you don't ever really know. So what's really important is we are looking at the market to see how things have changed what things are happening. A a perfect example is what's going on with on-demand, right? You have like peer-to-peer, which is a very big one. And these, a lot of people are like, oh, that won't change anything. That doesn't mean anything. Don't be a taxi company, right? That's what taxi companies said about Uber. Do I think it will take over? I think of it like this. When Airbnb came out, everybody said, hotels are dead. Are hotels dead? No, no. Not at all, right? Now, COVID didn't do very good things to them. Yeah, but it's another story. But that's another story, right? I have friends that are in hotels, and they are buying up hotels like crazy. They're outrageously profitable. Uber did not kill hotels. Excuse me. Airbnb. (laughs) Airbnb did not. I I, I mean it. Uber didn't do it. They they truly did not. They truly did not. Uh, (laughs) Airbnb didn't kill hotels, and they're not going to. Right. If I and I stay in hotels and I stay in Airbnbs. Right. Um, So I utilize for different situations, things like that. So it's not that they can't coexist, but it's also not that it's one or the other. There's going to be a middle ground. So the question is, how much market share will they take? What does that do to consumers' expectations? Hotels had to adapt. They had to change when Uber came around. And they should. The ones that did, the ones that were quick, they adapted. They picked up some of the things that Uber was doing really, really good. Airbnb. <clears throat> Dang it. Airbnb. <laughs> Why do they have to be so similar? Uh, at least in my mind. Um, and they were successful from it, right? So they actually used those changes to their benefit. And a lot of hotels came out of it a lot more profitable. They mm-hmm. did. A, and two, they realized that maybe some hotel models 
didn't work in the future. So now we have a choice. We can either revamp this hotel, we can change up how it, how, how it works, and also segments of the hotel industry, there was a lot of underserved types, um, extended stay, different things like that. And so as you see these industries evolve, and I don't view our industry as the taxi industry where Uber really did just about wipe it off the map. There's the only places that you really see taxis hanging on or when it's like government sanctioned, right? Like in Vegas or New York or something where the government has these rules about protecting protecting them, which that's another story for another time. But the point being is I don't see that in our industry as of now at all for a few reasons. First of all, there is this problem of access, security, and we are not like um, maybe Uber were not a quick thing. Most of our tenants stay for over a year. They access it all the time. They use our security. They work with us. Um, so now I do think that peer-to-peer -peer storage, that means you have a house, you have an extra garage, you're using a software to let somebody else store their stuff in your garage, right? Now, everybody's like, oh, there's all these legal consequences. And what do you, that all gets worked out. It always does. We've seen it with all the tech. So it's not that it's not going away. Um, but you have other problems, right? And that has to do with, first of all, for me to add, the cost for me to add on a garage to my home or have a garage space that I'm not using uh, in today's age, that's expensive. I'm building a house right now. Right. And I had to expand one of my garages. Yeah. Well, I mean, materials are so cheap. It's right so now. cheap <laughs> right now. It's just like, it's nothing. Right. Yeah. There's no way that I'm going to do that to have extra space to run out. Now, other people have certain space. People are downsizing. So there will be, there'll be a market for it. People will like it because it'll be cheaper. Right. But another thing that we found about storage is that lots of times price is not the defining fact of well, why people rent for us. For us, Especially, definitely not. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, we talk about the the three types of customers a lot here on the podcast where you have the price sensitive, the convenience, and the quality. And we don't we don't want to go after the price sensitive. We By don't. all means, have all the price sensitive yes. customers you want. So <laughs> we've catered our business to kind of try to avoid mm -hmm. that. But the market will have to take these other types of types of competitor. How will the market adapt? How will they in I get worried in markets that have way too much storage plus peer-to-peer -peer lending comes in, you have and all of a sudden everybody's competing in the same thing. So too much storage is a worry. There has to be room for these other types of of business models to come into those markets. And whatever percentage of the market that is, 10, 15, 20, I don't know. Um, and then two, we look at peer-to-peer -peer storage and say, what can we learn for this? So another one that we're looking at uh, heavily is on-demand. So on-demand storage, you, you, um, that's a big one. You can come pick it up and they'll take your stuff, right? This is big in places like um, San Francisco. Now, somebody, I was in a conference once and somebody said like, this is going to kill the industry, right? Now, if you look at San Francisco, and some other big cities where that they've just exploded. Um, prices for traditional storage have only skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of demand for both of those things to go. Where I look at is how can my business model adapt for these types of things? So how could I back end in 
with an on-demand type, if that becomes the future, and change my asset to work in that environment, if that's what the consumer wants. Because if that's what the consumer wants, I will adapt to it, because they're the boss. So I'm looking at constantly these changes and figuring it out. Now, I'm going to take this down to a really, really simple level. A lot of people build units that people end up don't want, not wanting. We see change in size of units. Over the past 20 years, consumers' appetite to certain types of units have changed. They've gotten bigger. They want more specialty stuff. But a lot of players have not adapted. So there's this revenue difference that they're missing just because of the desired size and type of storage, right? Climate control, whatever that may be. That's changed dramatically, and a lot of people haven't adapted to fix it, and they're leaving a lot of money on the table. So there's lots of aspects about these consumers changing their desires, their wants, their needs, including location, including customer service, payments, all of these little things that we're analyzing. Do customers really want to talk to a storage manager? Maybe. Maybe they don't. We're going to offer both. And at our large facilities, we offer two ways. And we're going to analyze this. And all this information is coming back. And we're going to look at how long they stay, how easy payments are made. And we're going to get better with it. Um, The point is, though, I'm not telling the customer what they want. I'm trying to understand their feedback. And I'm going to adapt to whatever they want or need. And that is the biggest thing. Now, is an industry as a whole changing? We have massive market consolidation going on. Um, I've said this for a long time. I started saying this like, I don't know, five, six years ago. I think we have 20 years. And every few years, I kept saying, I think we have 20 years. It may be less now. We may be at 15. Um, That we will become like every other commercial asset class, which the ownership outside mobile home parks is inverted. So the institutions own basically 80% of all the assets and what's left over is left for the mom and pops, individual startups and smaller players. Um, Self-storage as of right now, when I got started in self-storage, it was like 93% were single operators, mom and pop. Uh, Today, it's down to 70. I think it's actually below that. The last report in a year, it went from 74 to 70, and I think it's like 68. So consolidation is happening at mass. That's due Mm -hmm. to bigger players, technology, cheap money. Um, But also understanding where that's happening, why it's happening. Because now you can understand why they get an advantage. Don't deny it. Understand it. Adapt. Adapt. Figure it out and then apply that thing. There's a whole space of assets that institutional players won't touch. They don't want it. Okay, I'll start there. Mm -hmm. Right? There's always ways around. There's always leverage. There's always opportunity. And two, in consolidation, that's where the money is. If you don't have an asset class that's consolidating at all, it's because nobody wants it. Well, I want a way out, and I want my asset to rise in price. I want more revenue. I want more value. I want more wealth and income. Consolidation means that those asset types are more valuable. This is a really good thing for you if you're listening. You need to make sure, though, that also one of the things that we did was we adapted. Okay, I now know that this is the type of office that institutional REITs, larger players, they want to see. There's certain diameters. There's certain look and feel. We built for that, right? We built for those things in mind. And as we change, we keep adapting. We keep changing. So we have change on multiple fronts, industry-wise, consolidation type of assets, right? 
We have consumer-facing change. Um, that is what is actually being offered, how it's being offered, how it's being received, paid, everything, right? And then you have the business side. How is your business adapting, right? Through technology, through funding money, through on and on and on and on. And these three things are constantly changing. Um, that's where the opportunity lies. Mm -hmm. And in storage, there's a lot of it. Yeah, there is. There's a ton of it. And a perfect example of, of one of those simple technological changes is, I mean, we talk about Janus all the time on the podcast yeah. and Noki and how people are retrofitting the ability for this keyless entry system uh, at their facilities, just using battery powered controllers on the doors and they get installed or latches or whatever. They've got a, a new uh, Noki one latch. That's literally like the door controller is the latch itself. Yeah. And um, it's just those simple things that you can implement into your facility where somebody can rent a unit, access the facility, access the unit, drop their stuff off, never talk, see to anybody unless they, like you said, if they want to, cool. They can go talk to a manager if they want. They have questions, they have needs, whatever, or they don't have to. They can go and do whatever they need to do, get in, get out, and store their stuff securely, and they're good to go. And th again, just those simple things like Nokia that Janice provides is one of those perfect examples of how technology specifically is changing and could potentially back in like you're talking about to some of those different automated processes of you know, just that on demand, you know, accessing your belongings in storage or storing your things or whatever it might be. Who knows? You might have a Tesla pull up and pop out a bunch of your crap and yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. good to go or come by and pick it up and it just drives the we facility, whatever it is. a lot. Yeah. So now it's, uh, it's amazing to see all these differences, even in the past, you know, couple years, yeah, it's, how it, the industry has changed. Massive. Where, uh, the consolidation is huge too, because how much was it Blackstone put in however many billions, billions of dollars? Was, yeah. You had Blackstone, you had Bill Gates that jumped in, you had... Yeah. I mean, it's it's it it's quite amazing how much attention and people are just the assets on a roll, and it's not mm -hmm. stopping. And the reason right. it's not stopping is because the fundamentals are sound. Consumers like it, and as it's gone on, you got to realize storage has gotten more appealing, not less. It's gotten more secure. It's got more safe. It's got better looking. Uh, customers are more aware of the asset. So mm -hmm. they know that there's an option there. So these are all good things. Change is good. It really is. Now, like you're talking about, that that consolidation is a good thing. You just got to be a part of the game. Yes. You know, you can't be on the sidelines, you know, whining and crying about it, consolidating, and you not actually getting in and being a part of that consolidation and that Bingo. increase in value. Bingo. No, that's right. Yeah, and you know these things we've we've dived down. We talk. We've talked about technology. We've had um, a lot of different guests on, and, and we're going to continue to because that is the reason. It, it's one of the major reasons we have this podcast because things don't remain the same, and if we're not understanding the opportunity, I, I can't tell you how much networking I do. Mm -hmm. It's over the top between it's like everything you do. It's just like everything, everything <laughs> I do. It's cause I'm like, I need more information. I need to know. I, I, I was on the phone last night with, um, uh, it's Monday right now. It was Sunday night. And there was this new technology coming out in these other industries. And I jumped on the phone and me and Lance were just talking for an hour about how we could adapt this. And next thing you know, I'm looking to 
buy these things that we could maybe use at hundreds of thousands of dollars. The next thing we're going to, maybe we just start a company to do this. Mm -hmm. And these are really important discussions to have because somebody's having them. Right. Somebody's having them. The change is coming. So I need to be on top of it. We need to be aware of it. Um, and at first, those ideas were very small. And they still are. I, if you're starting out in storage, the change that you need to make in basically any third, fourth tier in America is to collect rent, have a website, clean it up, and have good customer service. Answer the phone. <laughs> third, fourth tier markets in yeah. America, that's 80% of all the assets. Answer the phone. Yeah, like 100%. I, I talk about these technologies, trends, and things are going because you need to understand them. If you don't think it's important, you're the taxi company. But your execution right now, there's low hanging fruit. Oh, absolutely. It's not like you don't need to say, if I, if I, I need to understand it, but if I can't do it, I can't be in the game. That's not it at all. That's mm -hmm. not how, that is not how this game works. You can start super small and build upon it and scale. That's why I love storage. I, I say this all the time and man, do I mean it. Self-storage is, offers the best opportunity for any individual to get into commercial real estate because you can get into it small, you can scale and the principles scale well. It's consolidating. There's just opportunity where you don't find a lot of banks like it. Right. Um, the only other asset class um, is one of my friend, Brandon Turner plays it. He loves the mobile home parks. He loves the asset. And it's so funny when we talk to him because they're so similar. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't play in that game. You want to invest in that, you know, you need to go talk to him. But they're so similar in a lot of aspects. It's very mom and pop driven. It's fractured. There's a lot of things. But they have some hurdles. Banks don't like them. Financing's weird. And there's there's not the revenue potential. I still think we got them. I still think self-storage is better. Game, still think storage is on top. <laughs> it's still on top. <laughs> and it's easier to do. It's easier to get into. Um, but it's changing. And uh, I hope that through this podcast, I hope that talking about this, you guys are being aware. And then you can put those things that you're learning, finding out into action. Mm. And you can leverage them. That's right. another huge benefit of of this consolidation is the fact that lenders and just people in general are becoming more aware of the asset. Yeah. So before, I mean, you guys had, I don't know, how, I mean, how many banks, credit unions did you have to talk to? Oh, jeez. I mean, to go. Nobody wanted to give yeah, us money. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, I mean, you have banks like Live Oak, our, yeah. our other sponsor, that they literally specialize in doing this. Like and two, they specialize it through <laughs> SBA loans that are yeah. small amounts that you can get into. Yeah. It, like it, it's when, – when I got into it, banks literally thought that self-storage was a risky, scary asset. Mm -hmm. they, they're like, we don't even know what to do with that. We, we go to banks. They're like, no, we don't do that. Yeah. Now we have banks that come here right. and ask. So there's so many options and that creates uh, – better opportunities, particularly for even the little guys to get in. And then there's big guys that want to buy it. So you can sell up, you can move up, you can refinance up because the banks mm -hmm. will let you remove that capital. You get velocity of money. Um, and then as you're moving up, you can adapt. So you may see facilities that are all built one way and you go, oh, I'm going to go into this market and I'm going to build a different way. I'm going to give service a different way. You now have an edge on the market. You fill up and you can do fantastic. And so can they. Right. But you may notice something different or different trends. 
We do this all this all the time. I did this with an asset that we built that we said that basically the, our philosophy was this. First of all, at the time there was no climate control. We put climate control, but really what we were trying to do was we were trying to um, tap into the business need of the lack of industrial sized units and the small hallways that builders were building and driveways mm -hmm. where semis couldn't get fit in. So we constructed this very much on a need in the the tenant base there that wasn't being met as opposed to traditional ways of doing it. And we filled up in three months. Um, it was just crazy. 85,000 square feet. Uh, that's awesome. No, that's right? great. I and mean, it, there's benefits uh, like on every spectrum doing something like that too. Like something as simple as widening some drive aisles. Like, yeah, you might lose some square footage, but if you widen those drive aisles, I can't imagine how much less in maintenance as well that you'd have to do managing projects because people are running into buildings and backing into things that, because it's just too tight a fit. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, these, these little minute things can have a massive impact on how your facility operates. And again, it just comes down to meeting that need that people need. Yes. It's not about you. It's not about how many square feet you want or this or that. Like, yeah, obviously it has to pencil, it has to make sense, everything else. But if you can make a facility work and have larger drive aisles and have things really put out some value for people, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. the key. Yeah. So, guys, remember there's change. There's change coming on all those levels, the business back end side, the industry, and the um, consumer on the front end, be aware of them, watch them, and use that change to identify opportunities, leverage them to make you uh, not just better in the market, but make you more money and make you wealthier. And those are abundant, those opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, they're, they're fantastic opportunities and they're everywhere. They're everywhere right now. And it's a perfect time to get into the industry. And uh, speaking of the industry and all these changes and all these things going on, uh, your managers running your facilities, maybe you're uh, an owner operator running your own facility, or you have managers working for you. Uh, or or you're, you're trying to get into the game and try to figure out how I'm, what, what yeah. am I, I going to do with what's the responsibilities of my manager? What do they yep. need? What do they look out for? Or you're going to get in the game, period, and you're like, what sh how's this day-to-day -day look? And what, you know, more on that end. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly, which is why we actually launched the Self-Storage Income Manager podcast. Uh, we've got uh, several episodes out now. It's it's growing. It's going awesome. Uh, Kaylee and I jump in on that one, and we've got our, our very own uh, individuals that we work with that have been managers for years and years and years jumping in as guests. Uh, we have other managers jumping on as guests. Uh, if you guys want to learn more about running the day-to-day -day operations and the management on, you know, boots on the ground kind of situations at facilities, go and check that out. Self-Storage Income Manager Podcast. You can get that at uh, selfstorageincome.com or any platform you listen to podcasts on. It's a really fun, really fun podcast. We have a blast doing it. And uh, it's uh, something that we're continuing to grow. So head over there, check that out. And uh, also uh, stay up to date just on selfstorageincome.com, everything that we've got going on there. I know AJ's, I don't know, he, you're working on books and doing all kinds of stuff all the time. I mean, it's just crazy, all the stuff we've got going on. And again, the event going on, uh, all this stuff, if you guys go over there, get on our mailing list, check out all the tools and resources we've got over there. Uh, they're endless. You guys can get lost in those things, which is awesome. Be sure to leave us your comments, questions, reviews, all that good jazz. And be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We're launching uh, 
new episodes almost weekly. And uh, it's been great getting those videos out. AJ is just rocking it. If, I mean, yeah, we did a whole case study on one. It was the last week where we went through all the numbers. We yeah. showed the site. We showed the change. I, like I like talking about it on the podcast, but that the YouTube offers a way for me to say, look, mm-hmm. here it is. Here's these things we're talking about. And it's just a different way of learning that I like a lot. For sure. No, that video is huge. It's definitely one of the ways that I prefer to learn. Podcasts are great, though. Um, but having that visual, like you say, is huge when it comes to having those case studies and examples in front of you to actually physically see. And uh, no, it's been awesome. Been really cool to see those videos going out. Tons of comments and questions and interactions on there. All the people, I don't know if anybody here listening has been over there on YouTube, but if you have, thanks a bunch. And uh, be sure to leave again your comments, questions, subscribe over there, subscribe to the podcast, and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.